We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hello, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 65. This is the second part of our little episode series that came out today. The first one was with trainer from Carriage Hill, Jane Finessi, and our guests today for this episode are two of her longtime clients, and we wanted to get kind of a feel for what it was like from the junior end of being a part of a program like this. So without further ado, let's welcome our guests for this episode, Erica Jacobson and Emmanuel Greenberg. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Would love to talk to you as we just experienced an episode with Jane of Carriage Hill Farms. Thought it would be really cool to have two of her students on and both of you have been with Carriage Hill for a long time. So would love to kind of have each of you talk through your stories of how you first got into riding leading up to where you are today. So Erica, if you want to start. Yeah, so I actually I actually started riding with Carriage Hill. When I was five years old, my brother had a, he had pony rides at his birthday party Nice. and I did the pony rides and I told my mom, like, I most definitely want to ride horses. It's all I want to do. And then she actually happened to go to a Pilates class that another one of the trainers at Carriage Hill went to. And I think Trisha Loftus is her name. And she left cards for Carriage Hill there. So my mom found the cards and signed me up for lessons and nice. I've been with them for 13 years since. Wow, that's so cool. And Emmanuel? So I actually started finding the interest in horses when I was in Aspen. So I used to spend my summers out there and a lot of my winters out there. I kind of like live half here, half there, basically. And when I got back to Florida from Colorado, I was about eight at the time. And my mom looked up the close barn to my house. Carriage Hill is maybe a 10-minute drive from my home. So yeah, I started there about eight years ago and I've been there ever since. So cool. And Erica, let's hear a little bit about your story since starting and with Carriage Hill, a little bit about your progression as a rider and what you did throughout the different divisions and what that looked like. Yeah, I started in just like the lesson program. I did just like after school lessons just for fun, you know. So then I leased a pony and I started doing just a few little horse shows, local horse shows and like walk, trot, cross rails, that kind of stuff. And then I got my first like small pony, children's pony. And I went all through the pony ranks at Carriage Hill. I did up to the large ponies. I did pony finals probably four to five times. I did pony medal finals, all that. And then I got into horses probably around... 11 years old, maybe. And I started with a low children's jumper. So I kind of went right into the jumpers and kind of dabbled in the equitation. I did like Taylor Harris a bunch. And then I got much more serious through the jumpers and through the equitation. And I did all Metal McClay, went to all the Eck finals. And now I'm competing in, I just turned an amateur this year. So now I'm doing like high amateurs. I did all the high juniors with Carrie Chillen. Awesome. Okay. So you went through the ponies. What was the process like? Were you the only student going to pony finals? Were there a bunch of other kids going with you? What did that look like? In the beginning, I was the only one that really went to pony finals and did all that stuff. It was me and one other working student who's now a professional at the barn. We kind of traveled all over. It was like me, her, Jane, and my mom, really. And we traveled all over the place. We did pony finals and all that. 
And then slowly we started getting more and more kids. We got one other student who traveled like everywhere with us. And then Emmanuel came, she started traveling everywhere with us and it just grew more and more from there. And now there's a bunch of kids that travel and go to WEF every weekend, but it started pretty small and it's gotten much bigger since. Cool. What was the process like for you when you were moving into the jumpers and you had been doing maybe like meter 10, meter 20, and then you were like, okay, I think I'm going to start really doing this and significant jumps, significant horses. What did that process look like? Yeah, I got, I got one horse, Nando KLT was his name. He probably helped me moved up like more than any other horse I'd say. I say he like really brought me to the next level because I always felt so confident with him. So I started with him in the low juniors and I moved up to the meter 30 on him. And then I moved up to meter 40 and meter 45 on him. And then Arlie Gollenbeck came to Carriage Hill. And I think she really helped me also. Her and Jane and the other trainers at Carriage Hill really helped me move up to the next level. And as you jump higher, everything everything becomes a little more sensitive. You have to be a little more precise with everything. So they both really helped me take my riding to the next level. Cool. And Emmanuel, what about for you? What did you find your process or your story with Carriage Hill looked like as far as starting out and where you are today? So my family, when we started, none of us knew anything about horses, like not a clue. No one in my family rides. I didn't ride. I had just been on a trail ride. So my mom, as I said, she looked up the closest barn. So I started going there and my mom actually used to be really scared of horses. So she would never come and watch my lessons. I used to do the same as Erica. I was in the lesson program for a little while and I really enjoyed it. I'd try and go as much as I possibly could. So I was in the lesson program for a bit and then I actually missed a bit on the pony stage. I kind of went straight to horses and then back to ponies. So I actually got my first horse. His name was Vermeer. He's amazing. So I got him and I started doing the low children's hunters and the short stirrups on him, like moving up in that respect. And then actually when I started doing the low children's hunters, I had talked to my mom and I said, hey, I would really like to start doing, you know, some of the ponies. But I actually have been tall since I was little. So I've been about 5'8 since I was in middle school and lower school. I've been tall for my entire life. So I didn't really have the choice to do the smalls and the mediums. So I started riding this pony. His name is Sprite. And I did him in the short steps through the low children's hunters and whatnot. Then obviously that came to an end when I started to get into the jumpers a little bit. So I got my first jumper. His name was Amore. And I did him through like the low children's jumpers and the children's jumpers. And it was a little bit of a slow start for me. I really did enjoy the jumpers for a while until I got my first, I guess you could say like real jumper, like big jumper who actually could do a lot more than I think I was ready for at the time. His name is Carlos G. Haley Iannotti used to ride him a lot as well. She did some bigger classes on him. I was maybe 11 when I got him. I was really young. So I did him too in the children's jumpers. He took me all the way through the low juniors. Then the first time that I had gone to Europe with when Arlie Gollenbeck did come to the barn, we had the experience, Eric and I, to go to Europe. And we went for a week the first time. So we had decided that we were looking for another jumper. And at that point I had done the lows on my one horse that I had only had one jumper at that time. And I had a hunter and an neck horse. So I was kind of dabbling in all three rings, not really sure what I wanted, but I, I decided that, Hey, I'm going to really try and give this a shot. So I got my, my mare Her name is Pinky Iomer Deliescu. And ever since then, really, she's taken me through the lows and the mediums and so forth. So I've been really lucky to be able to work with her. And ever since then, I've been able to have some really, really great horses that I've been able to ride. And I have a couple more now that I'm really getting to know in the jumpers. So 
fun. Yeah. That's really cool. Let's talk a little bit about the lesson program because it's something that Jane and I talked about quite a bit in her episode. And it's something obviously that the two of you both went through. What was the format of this lesson program? And tell me a little bit about some things that you think really shaped you as a rider and as a person through this lesson program. Erica, if you want to start. I was quite young when I went through the lesson program because I started competing, I think around age like six and seven. I think at seven is when I got my first small pony and started kind of taking it seriously. But I just remember the lesson program being super, super fun. Like it kind of just really solidified my love of horses and everything. At the time, I was always rode with these two other girls who are my same age. So we would go every day together. We would just have so much fun with the ponies. We would graze them after, give them baths after, and then we'd play at the bar and we would jump those like little horse jumps for kids, you know? Yeah. We'd do that for hours every day. So it kind of just was like super fun for me. Like how much would you say that you would go out to the barn to ride? I probably went, I would say three days a week, probably Monday, Wednesday after school, and then on Saturdays. What about you, Emmanuel? So I actually did start the lesson program when I was a little bit older than when Erica said, because I did start competing maybe when I was about 10. So I started maybe when I was eight. So I did the lesson program for quite a while. I definitely made a lot of friends. It's it's really good because it it makes you, you have to take care of your horses, really learn about what it takes to have a horse and all of the care and everything that goes into it. You know, you really learn about how to tack them up, how to groom them. Um, There's a lot of important things that they do teach you during this time, as well as, as Erica said, it's a lot of fun. You know, I made a lot of friends, a lot of people I still obviously talk to, and a lot of them have still been riding, you know? So it definitely like, as Erica said, it really did solidify my interest in riding. And I definitely really grew to love the the horses. And since I had no idea what I was doing, I just kind of went in blind and kind of was like, Hey, I really, really want to try this. And I tried something new and I absolutely loved it. And I learned a lot. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I am where I am is that that program that really solidified my interest and my, you know, love of horses. Before we get in a word from our sponsor, I want to talk about them for a little bit because I have worked with and worn Tucker Tweed Equestrian products for a while now, and I love them. The quality leather is amazing, and I'm always wearing their Wellington wristlet and their backpack. The products are stunning. If you are familiar with Tucker Tweed Equestrian, then you most likely know and have seen how often they promote their retail partners. With the cancellation of a number of nationwide horse shows, many retail partners are missing out on key opportunities to see and service their clients. So, to support their partner tax stores, Tucker Tweed is encouraging you to shop tax store websites during those missed horse show dates or purchase through Tucker Tweed directly, but then make sure to tag the respective tax stores in the order notes. This way, we can all support tax stores and each tax store receives credit for any purchases made. Thank you so much for that reminder, Jill Tweedy, founder of Tucker Tweed. You are amazing, Jill. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Okay, let's get back to the episode. And Emmanuel, tell me a little bit about that first Europe trip. What was going through your head? Like any emotions, any expectations you had going into it, and then how that trip went for you? So I was a I don't want to say starstruck, but I was 
over, you know, I was over the moon. I was so incredibly excited. I had no clue what to expect, being completely honest with you. You know, you see everything about, you know, we we went to Global Champions Tour and I had seen so many things about it. I was absolutely, I was thrilled that my parents would let me, you know, do something like that. I was so incredibly thankful that I had the opportunity. It makes you think a little bit how lucky you are to be able to do what you do. I don't think I had very many expectations for myself. I wasn't quite sure you know, of my ability at that point, I'll be completely honest, I did not become a super confident rider until after that trip. And I think me being able to go ride two completely new horses I had never seen. I rode one horse, his name is Clarano Z. He's, I think, eight now, but I did him and I did my horse, Pinky. You know, being able to go there, ride two completely different horses and being able to show in that massive grass field and being able to jump around. And I have had a couple top eight placings there my first year. So I absolutely loved it. You know, I was super excited, a little bit nervous, but that's normal show nerves, but you kind of overcome that and you let your brain take over and you ride as best as you can. And just honestly, you enjoy it because, you know, you don't know when you're going to go back. You just enjoy it. It's something so different. And it's, I really enjoyed my experience. Was that your first time riding Pinky? It was actually, yes. So I had gone over there and Arlie told my parents, we have a horse for Emmanuel. And I'll be honest, at first I wasn't a hundred percent sure, you know, cause you go over there and you're trying something new. And I was a bit, you know, used to the one horse that I had for four, four years. And she was very different. She's a bit, you know, my other horses, is a bit hot and she's not as hot. They go quite differently. So I wasn't, I wasn't sure, but you know, as I showed her more and became more comfortable and confident, which I think is a big thing, you need to be confident in, you know, what you're doing and your ability. Cause I think that makes a huge difference. So it was my first time riding Pinky. And after that week that I was there, we had decided to buy her and bring her over to the States, which was super exciting because I had another horse to add to my string. So, yeah. And what a cool, unique opportunity, because I don't think many people get to go there and try horses and also show them and see kind of how they are in the ring. Yeah, we we were really lucky that Arlie came and she has a lot of connections as well as Jane over in Europe with Nicholas Peo and that Payo equestrian over there. And yeah, so we got really lucky that they had a lot of horses for us to try and to ride. And, you know, we could see what fit best for us and we had the opportunity. So I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, that's amazing. Erica, tell me a little bit about how life has been for you going from the transition of being a junior rider to an amateur rider. Yeah, this year has, it's been quite different for me because I graduated high school last year and I'm a freshman at University of of, um, Michigan right now. So going from riding essentially like every day to like, I didn't, I have no horses up there. So it's definitely been quite the transition for me. I was still a junior in the fall. So I still came home for equitation finals and regionals and McLean medal, but it's definitely been quite different more in that aspect that like this year, I kind of wanted to focus more on finding a good balance between horses and riding because I really want to focus on school and have like a really good experience and kind of not hinder that experience. But at the same time, I like horses are my passion. I love them. Like I couldn't live without them being a part of my life. So I've really been working this past year to find like a really good balance between the two. And Jane and Arlie have been so, so good. And everyone at Carachill has been so good helping me, helping keep my horses in tip top shape. So when I come home, it's been, they've been incredible. It's been wonderful. So cool. What would you say for the next chapters going ahead. I mean, obviously you're in school right now. Where do you see horses in your future, whether that is once you're out of college and you're looking for a career? What is that going to look like, do you think? 
I'm not entirely sure at the moment. I definitely want to keep horses as a part of my life in some fashion. Like exactly what that will be, I'm not really sure. I think this year we found a really good balance between horses and riding. Like this season, I came home for week four of West, and then I had two weeks for spring break, so I was able to show those two weeks. And then I was supposed to come home last weekend for Miami, and then I would have had just those like four weeks, like once a month essentially coming home. And I think I think that was a really good balance between like school and riding. It was kind of just enough to keep me in the groove of riding, but at the same time being able to focus on school and not keep my grades up and have everything going there. So I think I'm really just going to try to work through college and then see where life takes me. Yeah, definitely. You have time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Emmanuel? Where do you see horses as part of your future going forward as you're starting to think about college and the next step? Yeah. So as you know, I'm still in high school. So for me, I'm honestly, I'm not sure. Obviously I am going to continue through college. I haven't really decided if I want to ride in college yet. You know, I obviously will be looking and I'm interested, but I haven't decided. There's a lot of options there. So that's one thing. But my horses, I would like to compete throughout college and, you know, be able to do what Erica's doing. And as an adult, obviously, I'm, I'm not thinking that my career is going to be with horses, but at the same time, I would really like to keep them a part of my life and keep a couple at least that I can come and compete on while I'm working and that kind of thing. So I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do, but it's where my head's at right now, but I'm not trying to get ahead of myself and I'll just see where things go. Yeah. Erica, you might be able to answer this better right now, but as far as possibility of riding through your college... Did you have any desire or do you have any experience as far as the process to be riding in that type of format? Obviously, you are continuing to ride with Carriage Hill and you're not riding on a team in school. But was there ever an idea or thought about riding in college? And do you know anything about that process? One of the professionals, Haley Iannotti, who we talked about earlier, she she went through like the NCAA riding process. She rode for Auburn. So we kind of got, I kind of got a good like glimpse of it from there. And I kind of decided I want to have a more normal college process. <laughs> like I didn't really want to be a student athlete. I kind of wanted to go more up North than most of the riding schools are down South and all that. But when I was at Michigan, I did try the Michigan equestrian team and it was more, more like a scheduling thing. It really didn't work for my schedule. That was just an IHSA team. But I think just like for me personally, the best I could do was balancing between like, having my amateur status and just coming home as much as possible, but not like just finding that really good balance between school and horses. Like that's what worked best for me personally. But another student in our barn is on the Baylor equestrian team and she went through that and she loves it. Our friend Haley, who now works at Carriage Hill, she absolutely loved the Auburn equestrian team. So there's definitely different options and different roads and how to incorporate horses mm-hmm. into your life still. Yeah. And Emmanuel, you are just starting that process as far as thinking about colleges and what you'd potentially want to do for that route. As far as anyone listening who is in your shoes preparing or contemplating the idea of collegiate riding, do either of you have any tips or suggestions or, or anything that you have seen in your experience or in your friends' experiences that could be helpful? I think it is just like if you're applying to normal college or if you're looking to get recruited, you know, work hard, try as best as you can, but don't get too hard on yourself. You know, you, you have to try your best and feel confident in what you're doing and do the best that you can do. But if you make a mistake, you're going to make a mistake. Don't put that much pressure on yourself. You know, do the best that you can be happy with what you're doing and accept the mistakes and learn from them. I think that would probably be as someone who is looking, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to do for school, for riding, for anything in general. I think that's a pretty good thing to live by. 
Yeah, definitely. I would say for like just seeing what my friends went through because collegiate riding is getting more and more popular and more and more Mm -hmm. kids are like wanting to go into teams and ride for these schools. So I think just trying to like really get yourself out there and like going to tour the schools. I know most schools have um, like camps in the summer where you can go, you like take care of their horses for I think like a week or two. You ride, the coaches get to see you. I know those are really, really important for getting seen. And then I know my one friend would always like send videos to coaches and kind of just like try to um, try to like fight for her spot on the team to like make herself seen. And yeah, those are, those are good tips for sure. <clears throat> what would each of you say is an area of the industry that you've been passionate about that you feel like the rest of the horse community either doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk a lot about that you would like to shed some light on? Erica, if you have anything, you can go first. For me personally, I think it would be like both juniors and amateurs finding that balance between riding and and if it's school, if it's work or whatever, because so many people in our industry are so solely focused in horses. Like I know for me, even in high school, trying to be like at the most competitive level in the junior ranks and like flying home every weekend, like in, in indoors, I would go, I would leave high school, like go to a show, come back and go to school for like two days, go mm-hmm. back. I know like last year during WEF, I would drive to the horse shows in the morning because luckily we only live like 30 minutes from showgrounds. Right. I would do like a couple training classes. I would drive to school, go to class, and then go back for Friday equitation. Wow. So I think like just shedding light on finding that balance for a lot of people, if it's school, if it's work or whatever, is something that's not really talked about as much. Yeah. Emmanuel, what would you say? So I think this goes for really everybody is, is that pressure that I was talking about earlier. I think, you know it isn't talked about as much because people don't want to seem like, you know, they're having that kind of issue and they want to seem like, Oh, they're super confident. But there is that pressure that does get put on ourselves that we put on ourselves or, you know, maybe other people, I can't speak for everyone. I don't know everyone's situation, but you know, that does get put on us as riders, especially in my experience, at least in the equitation, I can speak from personal experience. I had put a bit too much pressure on myself in the earlier weeks of WEF. And I noticed I wasn't riding as well as I I could have, you know, it, it really clouded my head. And I think that's really important is finding like the proper amount of pressure because you don't want to be like, I don't care. But at the same time, you don't want to be like, this is a life or death situation. Cause I think there is a middle ground when it comes to, you know, that pressure and the caring. I think that's a really big thing that has become quite an issue for many you know, cause there is so much, you know, there's finals and for people that do want to ride in school, like there's that, like pressuring themselves to do super well. I think just finding like, you know, that good expectation for yourself, the right amount of expectations and the proper amount of pressure that you feel is necessary, but not too much, not too little. There's, there's uh, definitely a, a healthy pressure and then right. anything more, anything less is where, I think all of us tend to fall one or the other and depending on what your tendency is. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point. Amazing. Well, the last thing I would say, I would love to hear about what you feel like Carriage Hill or Jane through all of these years that you've been with that team, which is so rare. What would you say is something that you have learned and that you really value that you've taken on throughout your entire life? Oh, so much. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they're my family and that sounds silly, Mm -hmm. but I've been with them since I I grew up there. I'm originally from New York. So, 
I didn't really know that many people here when I moved here. So I, I really value the friendships that I've made here and the family that I have created at Carachill. You know, it's like my safe space. You know, I know everyone and I'm so happy when I'm there. My horses are there. Like I've, I feel like I've created a really comfortable space for myself and somewhere that I always know that I'm going, that I'm going to enjoy myself. And, you know, everyone really cares about each other and it's a really positive environment. Erica, what would yeah, you say? I completely agree with that. Like we have... We really have like a family dynamic there. Like we know everyone so well. They know us so well. They've seen me grow up since I've been five years old. Like whenever I'd have a bad day for school or anything, you come to the barn and like everyone really cares for you. They're willing to help you with literally, literally anything in your life. Like um, Meredith Gallagher, one of the other professionals there, she's currently helping me with an architecture project, which is like wow. so unrelated, but yeah. So like everyone's so willing just to like reach a hand out and it really is a family. It's so nice yeah. to just go and kind of decompress and have people that really care and really support you. Yeah. It's rare to find a true barn family. Something that I noticed when talking to Jane is her emphasis on creating a space where people can learn to be just kind humans and good people. And, you know, there's general life lessons and it doesn't have to always be about horses. So I think that that's mm -hmm. definitely something that I see in both of you that you've really gotten out of this program. And it's a testament to a great program and great kids. So I think that there's a lot to be learned here, but thank you girls so much for taking the time to come on the podcast today. It's been really fun and I wish you both all the best. Thank you, thank you so much. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.